Spring is a great time of year to do some cleaning around the house and clean up your finances. And something else that you can do for your family this spring is shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius as part of your financial planning for the year. Getting life insurance today means you'll have peace of mind so that if something were to happen to you, your family can cover expenses, things like mortgage payments, credit card payments, car loans, or even college costs. I have a wife and two kids, with a third on the way, by the way, and business partners that all depend depend on my income. So I needed life insurance and Policy Genius made that so incredibly easy. And with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. One of my favorite ways to invest is real estate, but not everyone wants to handle tenants and toilets. Enter Fundrise. They make it easy to invest in real estate with their flagship fund. Now, as always, you always have to carefully consider the investment objectives and risks of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. But right now, demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. And the Fundrise flagship fund plans on going on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes with just as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash PFP. As always, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash PFP. That's fundrise.com slash PFP. This is a paid advertisement. On this episode of the Personal Finance Podcast, we're going to answer the question, should you invest all your money at once? or a little bit each month. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Personal Finance Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, founder of MasterMoney.co, and today... On the Personal Finance Podcast, we're going to be answering the question, should you invest all your money at once or a little bit every single month? And if you have any questions, hit me up on Instagram at MasterMoneyCo. And we're also on TikTok at MasterMoneyCo as well. And follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast player you love listening to this podcast. And if you want to have out the show, leave a five-star rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcast. And check us out on YouTube as well. We're putting out two videos every single week on YouTube at Master Money on YouTube. So today we're going to answer the question of dollar cost averaging versus lump sum investing. And that's the fancy way to say it. But what that really means is should you invest all your money at once or just a little bit each month? And when I was new to investing as a teenager, I used to read investment articles all the time. I know that's super weird for a high schooler to be reading investment articles, but your boy is who he is. And I was like a sponge trying to soak up every piece of information that I could. And as I would read more, I kept hearing about this magical thing called dollar cost averaging. And people would claim all the time in these articles that it is the best way to invest. But as time went on and I graduated from reading these fluffy articles all the time, 
I started to go dig into investing studies because that's where the real value is when it comes to investing. And something completely shifted in my mind. So today we're going to compare what happens to your money when you invest all your money at once, which is lump sum investing, or if you break it up into chunks every single month with dollar cost averaging. And what would happen? Which one is better for you? And I'm going to explain how both of these work in a second. I'm going to explain what each one is in a second. But this is an extremely important thing to understand for a number of reasons. Because you want to understand how to maximize your return with your investments. Because a 1% to 2% differential, we've talked about the power of that before in the past. But if you're investing a few hundred dollars to a thousand dollars at a time, you're going to see a massive difference if you have a 1% to 2% differential in returns. Over the course of 30 to 40 years, it could be well above high six figures if you're just investing a couple hundred dollars a month. So understanding which is the most optimal way to invest your dollars is extremely valuable for you because this is a six-figure decision, if not a million-dollar decision, depending on how much you're investing every single month. And you need to understand this for a number of reasons. Maybe you get a lump sum or an inheritance at some point in your life. You understand, well, should I just invest all of this at once? Throw it at the market at once or throw it at the real estate market at once? Or should I invest pieces of it every single month? Maybe you get a bonus at work every single year. It doesn't have to be a huge, large amount of money. It could be three, four, five, six, ten grand. Or maybe you sell a company that you have or a side hustle that you have. Or you make a large gain on your home. This is happening a lot right now where the real estate market is super high and a lot of people are making a large gain on their home and they have a bunch of cash to play with and they don't know, should I put it all in the market? Should I put it in my next house and just pay cash for my next house? There's a bunch of options there. Or you make a large gain on an investment. Maybe you've owned Apple for 30 years and you've decided to sell it and you don't know what to do with the profits. You have a large lump sum and you're trying to figure out where to reallocate those dollars. Or you get financial gifts from something like a wedding or something else along those lines. Well, maybe you have a couple thousand dollars from a wedding and you're trying to decide, hey, I want to invest these dollars for my future. I know this is beneficial for me, but I don't know if I should put it all in at once or should I just average it out every single month? Or maybe you beat the odds with the world's worst math problem and you win the lottery. Or you get a lump sum from a pension or when you retire or something along those lines. You need to understand what to do with money when it comes into your hands. So that's what we're going to talk about here because we do get this question all the time of people asking, well, hey, I've got this lump sum of money or I'm going to get started investing. I've saved up twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. Should I put it all in the market at the same time or should I average it out? So if that's something you're interested in, let's get into it. So the first thing we're going to answer is, What is dollar cost averaging and what is lump sum investing? Just so you get a better understanding of how this works. So the basic idea of dollar cost averaging is that you've got some money to invest and rather than putting it all in at once and taking the risk of what happens to the market immediately, you're going to put it in systematically over time and you're going to break it up and invest systematically over time and you're going to do it with fixed dollars amount. So let's give an example of this. Say, for example, you have $10,000. You got a bonus at work. You performed really well, and you got a $10,000 bonus. The question is, should you put all that $10,000 in at once, or should you systematically put it in over time? So with dollar cost averaging, you would pick a number, say something like $2,000 every single month, and you'd invest that $2,000 over the course of five months. That's what dollar cost averaging is. And what happens is, you end up over the span of those five months with the average share price over those five months. So this is the key here. This is why people do this because you end up with the average share price over that span. So people think this minimizes risk. So the idea here is that we're buying fewer shares 
when they are up, and we're buying more shares when they are down. Buy low, sell high. We talk about that all the time on this podcast. And what that does is it lets you get the lower average at a weighted cost. And people say, well, this is what gives you a greater upside in the long run. So systematically, what this really is, is it's a risk strategy. It's a risk system to try to manage your risk over time. And so if you get nervous as to what the market is going to do, instead of pouring all your money in at once, you just systematically put a little bit in at a time. Here's an example. You can think of it like getting into a hot tub. When you get into a hot tub, first you put your feet in, then you let your feet warm up, then you put your legs in, you let your legs warm up, then you put your torso in, let that warm up, and then you get all the way in. And that's the same concept when it comes to dollar cost averaging. You're putting in a little bit each month until you get comfortable. You dip your feet in with 10% of it, then another 10%, then another 10%. Over time, you're adding a little bit of money and getting the average of the market over that time frame. So to sum it up, dollar cost averaging is just investing all of your available money over time. And how you decide to invest these chunks is up to you. But the typical approach is just equal size payments over a specific period of time. A lot of people do 12 months. You could do six months. You could do five months. It doesn't matter what it is, but that's what dollar cost averaging is summed up. So the question comes up, is investing in your 401k with your employer dollar cost averaging? Some people may call that dollar cost averaging. That's not what I'm referring to here because when you buy periodically into the market through your 401k, say every two weeks when you get paid, you're actually just making small lump sum payments every time you buy. Because you're investing all of the available money that you have to invest at that time. And you're not letting cash just sit there on the sidelines as your dollar cost averaging. So when you're investing in something like your 401k or you're taking all of your extra money that you have and putting in your Roth IRA or retirement accounts or your brokerage accounts, however you invest your money, that to me is not the same as the dollar cost averaging that we're talking about here. Now, can you call that dollar cost averaging? Absolutely, because you're investing amounts of money over time and it's a similar strategy But it's not the same exact thing in my book because you're trying to take all of the extra money that you have and put it to work right away. Now, what is lump sum investing? Lump sum investing is pretty self-explanatory, but it's the exact opposite. You get an amount of money. Say you get that 10 grand as a bonus and you take that 10 grand and you put it all into the market at the same time. And it doesn't matter what the amount is. Let's say your Uncle Rico gives you $100,000. Well, you get that $100,000 and you put it in the market all at the same time. That's lump sum investing. So here's the major differences between the two, just to come full circle here. Dollar cost averaging is investing equal amounts of money on a regular schedule, regardless of market conditions, whereas lump sum investing is investing all your money at once. Dollar cost averaging is said to minimize overall risk by spreading investments over a long period. And then lump sum investing exposes all your money to market risk immediately. And then the reason why people dollar cost average is to lower the average price per share over time. And lump sum investing is the price per share depends on whenever you throw all the money in at that time. So then the question becomes, which one is better? We're going to look at it next. The key to winning in any business is making sure you have the right business partner. An example is Procter & Gamble or Ben & Jerry. But what about the perfect partners when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million dollars stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. 
And most people know one of your biggest struggles when it comes to starting an online business is finding new customers and Shopify can help you do that. And what I love about Shopify is no matter how big you wanna grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PFP, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash PFP now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash PFP. One of the hardest things about managing your money is figuring out where it's all going. And most of us are trying to save for several goals at once, which can feel like a daunting task to see if you're on track or even on pace to accomplishing your goals. But there is a tool that makes it so much easier and it's called Monarch Money. They help you track your money flow without taking a ton of time and energy. And Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. And you can invite them with an extra account with their own login at no extra cost to collaborate with you. And Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can create custom budgets, set notifications, and you can set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications. And after trying Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com PFP. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash PFP. FP for your extended 30-day free trial. Now is a great time of year to get your finances in order. And no matter what your financial goals are this year, when you use Chime's online checking account, you can cross all those financial to-dos off your list. Chime's online checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-fee overdraft up to $200. Plus, get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go 24-7. And you get access to over 60,000 ATMs. So start building your credit and open a Chime checking account with at least $200 qualifying direct deposit to get started. Get started at Chime.com PFP. That's Chime.com PFP. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bankcorp Bank, NA, or Stride Bank, NA, members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. And if you need to hire, you need Indeed, because Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. And they have a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash personal finance. Just go to indeed.com slash personal finance right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash personal finance. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so before we figure out which one is better, I want to do a thought experiment here. And I want you to figure out what you want to do in this scenario. So imagine you won the lottery and you had a million dollars. And you want to try to preserve that million dollars for the next hundred years. So you have two options to invest that money. You can invest all of your cash now 
and take advantage of market returns over the course of those 100 years, or you can invest 1% of your cash each year for the next 100 years. Now, which one would you prefer in that scenario? And before you decide, I want to give you a little stat, and this may change your decision once you hear that stat. The stock market goes up about 80% of the time, and it goes down 20% of the time. So historically, if you look at the stock market, it goes up 80% of the time, and it goes down 20% of the time. So if you had $1 million and you wanted to invest it over the course of 100 years, which strategy would you choose? So let's talk about this for a second. If you assume that the market's going to increase in value over time, otherwise, why would you even invest? Then it should be very clear that buying now will be better for you than averaging it out over 100 years. Now, we've talked about this all the time. The market goes in one direction if you look at the stock market and put it on the longest time horizon you can. Which direction is that market going? It goes up. And if you see that, The only logical explanation for this scenario is to lump sum invest because waiting a century to get invested would not be kind to your purchasing power. Not only will inflation eat the whole kit and caboodle, how do you like that word, but you will also lose out on massive gains. Let's take this idea and break it down in smaller chunks from 100 years because if you wouldn't wait 100 years, then you shouldn't wait 100 months or 100 weeks or even 100 days. The longer you wait, the worse off you will be on average. And I'm going to show you exactly why. Because everyone for the longest time has talked about how dollar cost averaging is the way to go. Now, it can be for certain psychological situations, and we'll talk about that in a second. But for most people, if you want the optimal returns, then I'm going to show you exactly why lump sum investing may be in your best interest. So we're going to go through five studies here. And I'll link up some of these studies down in the show notes as well, so you could check them out. But I'm going to give you all the evidence here because a bunch of investment studies have been done on the difference between dollar cost averaging and lump sum investing, and here they are. So in the early 90s, a group looked at the historical stock market data spanning around 70 years. And what they found was that around 67% of the time, someone who invests in lump sum gained higher returns in their first year than someone who followed with dollar cost averaging and drip fed their investment over the course of that year. So over one-year holding periods from 1926 through 1991, the lump sum strategy significantly outperformed dollar cost averaging by about two-thirds of the time. So this is extremely important to understand because it's a long time horizon that they did this study for 70 years from 1926 to 1991. Now, we know a lot of things have happened in the stock market since that time. So a more recent study was done. And this looked at bonds. And so the study was, does dollar cost averaging work for bonds? And they used long-term treasuries and corporate bonds in place of the S&P 500. So the first study used the S&P 500. And the second study used long-term treasury and corporate bonds. And they found that lump sum investing again toppled dollar cost averaging by about two-thirds of the time. So you're going to see a recurring message here. Now, as time goes on, you'll see There's massive differences. We're even going to get into crypto and stuff like that. What happens if you dollar cost average crypto? The third study, this one was done by Vanguard. And Vanguard looked at the difference between dollar cost averaging and lump sum investing by a 60-40 portfolio. So 60% stocks, 40% bonds. And they looked at this in three different countries. And they found that in each and every single market, in every single country, the lump sum investment led to greater portfolio returns approximately two-thirds of the time than did dollar cost averaging. So now we have three studies in a row, three major studies that have done the same research, but for longer time horizons, and all three came out that lump sum investing beats dollar cost averaging two-thirds of the time, the majority of the time. 
Okay, so the next study looked at risk. And what they did was they took two portfolios, a 60-40 portfolio, which is considered the lower risk portfolio in this situation, which means it would have lower returns. And they took a 100% stock portfolio, which is considered a higher risk portfolio, but it will have higher returns typically. And they took both of these portfolios and put them up against each other. And what they did was with the lower risk portfolio, they lumped some invested it. And with the higher risk portfolio, which is supposed to have higher returns, they dollar cost averaged it. And the lower risk portfolio that typically would have lower returns, but was lump sum invested, outperformed the portfolio that's supposed to have higher returns that was dollar cost averaged. So this right here, this study was one of the most important studies, I think, in this whole scenario. Because if you're trying to argue risk, which is the biggest thing that people on the dollar cost averaging side argue, this shows that statistically and historically, that's not the case. And you may be better off lump sum investing, even hedging risk, than you would be to dollar cost average. Because what this study shows is that dollar cost averaging does not reduce risk in comparison to lump sum investing. Now, the blog Dollars and Data did a study, and this study is really cool. So they did it from 1997 to 2020, and they looked at a bunch of different types of assets, everything from the S&P 500 to all the U.S. stocks to a 60-40 portfolio to Bitcoin to U.S. treasuries to all these different things. We'll go through them in a second, and they looked to see in two-year periods which one would perform better and what's the percentage differential. In every single scenario, dollar cost averaging underperformed lump sum investing. So here's how much it underperformed because this is really eye-opening to see. Bitcoin, for example, if you dollar cost average Bitcoin, you would miss out on 471% in that time frame. If you dollar cost average Bitcoin instead of just lump sum investing with Bitcoin. The S&P 500, you'd lose out on 9%. That is massive. If you don't understand how massive 9% is, I've talked about the power of just getting 9 to 10% returns with $300 a month over the course of 40 years, that's a million dollars. That's a million dollar mistake that you can make if you held on to cash for a long period of time was just slowly investing that money. A 60-40 portfolio, which is 60% stocks, 40% bonds, you would miss out on 7%. If you invested in the US stock market, you'd miss out on 7%. Emerging markets, you'd miss out on 11%. Gold, miss out on 9%. And the US treasury, you'd miss out on 4%. So this right here is extremely convincing for lump sum investing because these five studies all came to the same conclusion that lump sum investing is better than dollar cost averaging. And this is extremely important to understand. Why? Because you can maximize your return. Specifically, if you're someone who's in a really volatile market and you want a dollar cost average because you're worried about that volatility, well, showing this, look at the Bitcoin differential. Bitcoin is the most volatile thing in the world. 471% difference over time if you dollar cost averaged instead of lump sum invest. So when you're trying to decide between investing all your money now or over time, it's almost always better to invest it all now, even if you look at risk-adjusted numbers. And it's true across a bunch of different asset classes, time periods, and all valuations. And it's true across a bunch of asset classes and time periods. The longer you wait to deploy your capital, the worse off you'll be. So the studies show that the returns are much higher for folks if they lump sum invest. We've talked about that this entire podcast. But what I'm going to talk about next is when you should be dollar cost averaging because money is psychological. And we've talked about that a number of times. And there are reasons to dollar cost average for your own psyche. And we'll talk about that next. 
All right, so when you're trying to choose, should I dollar cost average or should I lump sum invest? If you're looking at returns, obviously we just talked about this, you should be lump sum investing. But money is an emotional thing. And we have to make sure that we're managing our money to hedge against our emotions. That means everyone's investment plan will be completely different. That's why we had the episode talking about how to develop your investment plan because you have to understand your own personality and understand how you react with your emotions. Sure, lump sum investing is better and it may be mathematically the best route, but money is also there to reduce your stress and anxiety. It's not there to increase it. And if money is increasing your stress and anxiety, you're doing it wrong. And if you're gonna panic when you invest your money in a lump sum and you're gonna panic right away and say, oh my goodness, the market just dropped, I can't take this, and stress out and you pull your money out and then put it back in then you pull your money out, that is not good for your psyche. That's not good for your money psychology over time. And money psychology is one of the most important things that we talk about on this podcast. That's why this podcast exists, to educate you so you feel empowered with your money. And stress with your money can absolutely ruin your life, but empowerment with your money can absolutely change your life. And that's what we're trying to do here on this podcast. That's partially why this podcast exists, so that you're empowered with your money. You can understand and be confident with your money and say, hey, I know what my dollars are doing. If the market takes a dip, I know to buy more, because guess what? Stocks are on sale. And when you understand that, when you get that psychology down, then it's great. But when you first start investing, that's not something that comes naturally whatsoever. Developing that is a skill. So this is why I'm saying new investors, if you're just getting into investing, then dollar cost averaging is probably best for you. Because if you're going to panic in the short term because the market took a dip, unless you already understand this concept and you understand in your mind that the market is going to take dips and when it takes dips, it's a good thing because stocks are on sale and corrections are healthy for the market. Or if you're nervous about investing, if you're a nervous investor, but you understand the power of investing, you've heard us talk about compound interest. You see it all the time, but you're just a nervous investor, then you should probably be dollar cost averaging, dipping your toes in the water before you get all the way into the hot tub. Because someone who's nervous and cannonballs into the hot tub is going to really panic. Or if you get a large lump sum of cash and you're really worried about it, and if you put it all in the market, you're super worried that the market's just going to take a dip and it's going to get cut in half, then maybe you should be dollar cost averaging as well. You're not going to get the same returns as you would if you lump sum invested. You got to know that in your head. But at the same time, psychologically, if it makes you feel better, you should be reducing your stress surrounding money so that you can use that energy towards increasing your income or finding new investment routes or building up your personal finances the correct way. And sometimes I like to equate this to something like the debt snowball and Dave Ramsey's argument with the debt snowball. So mathematically, the debt snowball makes absolutely no sense because the debt wrecking ball, which is what we talk about all the time, is the way you should be paying off debt. And what they talk about with the debt snowball, and Dave Ramsey made this popular, was that paying off your smallest balance first, then the next balance, and so on. And what this does is it ignores interest rates. So you could have a 20% interest rate and a 2% interest rate. And the way the debt snowball works is if your 2% interest rate has a lower balance, you need to pay off that first, which is mathematically not the best way to go. But psychologically, if it works and you're paying down your debt, then it's worth doing. The same thing goes for dollar cost averaging. Mathematically, it's not the best way to invest your dollars. But if psychologically it makes you feel better, reduces your stress, and still allows you to accomplish your money goals, then who the heck cares? The last thing you want to be doing all day is worrying about your money. That's the absolute last thing you want to be doing. You want to be empowered with your money. So if dollar cost averaging makes you feel better until you get your money into the market, then more power to you. Go all in on dollar cost averaging. There's no reason to stress yourself out for no reason. But if you heard this podcast episode, you look at some of these studies and you understand the math behind it and you say, hey, 
I'm not going to get nervous that the market takes a dip when I lump sum invest. I'm going to take my emotions out of the equation because I've been working on my money psychology. I've been working on this over time. And this is extremely important to understand that if you understand yourself and you know that you're going to be able to do this and not freak out, then it's absolutely worth it to lump sum invest because your returns are going to be that much higher. So listen, I hope this answered the question for you guys. Should you invest all your money at once or should you invest a little bit over time? And if you have any questions about this episode, hit me up on Instagram at mastermoneyco and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast player you love listening to this podcast to. And if you want to help out the show, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube as well at Master Money on YouTube. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. I truly appreciate each and every one of you. And just remember, money equals freedom. And empowerment with your money is what we're trying to do here. So the more and more you work on this stuff, the better off you're going to be. Thank you guys again so much for listening to this episode. And we'll see you on the next episode. Everyone's heard the saying, you have to spend money to make money. But everything in life, from travel to starting a business, is expensive. Which is why I want to tell you about a new podcast I love that will teach you all the tactics, tricks, and tips you need to upgrade your life, money, and even travel, all while spending less and saving more. It's called All the Hacks, and it's a top-ranked show hosted by my good friend Chris Hutchins a financial optimizer, an entrepreneur who's racked up millions of points, and he sold two companies. And if you want to rethink the way you're spending money, you have to check out the episode 91 with Bill Perkins and why you should be optimizing for net fulfillment and not net worth and striving to die with zero. All the Hacks has something for everyone, and I'm sure you'll find a new tactic that you can apply to your own life, whether it's a money hack that increases your net worth or a routine change that boosts your productivity. So check out All the Hacks. That's All the Hacks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your wallet will thank you later.